investing in property makes sense. Investing in the right property takes knowledge. Welcome to the Rewarding Property Decisions podcast. I'm Jared McCabe, Director of Wakeland Property Advisory. Join me for expert insights into the fundamentals, trends and opportunities to help you create long-term wealth through smart property decisions. Hi everyone and thank you for joining me for episode 18 of the Rewarding Property Decisions podcast. So with the market um, moving as strong as it is at the moment, most vendors are certainly wanting to have their day in the sun and uh, whether that's at an auction or whether it's uh, the conclusion of an expression of interest or private sale. And buyers are certainly looking to uh, take advantage or get any opportunity they can at the present time. So as a vendor, why would you decide to sell off market? And from a buyer's perspective, how do you get access to that sector of the market? These are certainly um, questions that we regularly get asked from buyers. Um, They always want to know about off-market properties. How do I get access to that sector of the market? I really want to buy off-market. And will I be able to perhaps get a bargain if I do do that? Um, And from a vendor's point of view, not probably as commonly, but we do get asked, well, should I consider selling off-market? So it is a very common thing that we discuss on a regular basis with our clients. So I thought today I'd um, dive into this world of uh, off-market properties, both from a vendor and from a buyer's perspective, just to give a bit of an insight into how it all works. So first of all, let's have a look at what it actually entails and and what buying or selling off-market is. So it, it basically is the selling of the property without a formal campaign. So no advertising, so no exposure on uh, the real estate websites, realestate.com, Domain, Real Estate View, those sorts of things. Uh, No exposure on social media uh, and no print media either. So there's usually no styling done to the property in preparation for the sale. It is what it is. And it really does rely solely on an agent's database, um, the buyers that they've had access to and been speaking to over a period of time. So there's no publicity to the general public at all. And another important thing to understand around off-market properties is the difference between an off-market and a pre-market. And it's a question that really does need to be asked if you are given the opportunity to look at something that isn't being advertised. Uh, A pre-market is something that uh, the agent and the vendor have the intention of taking to the market, but they're giving a a select few buyers an opportunity to see the property before it does go online. Sometimes there is still the opportunity to buy it and prevent it from going online, but quite often it really is just a a tester to see where buyers are feeling the the value sits for the property uh, with the the vendor and the agent having every intention of um, taking it to the market. So it's a good question to ask if you are a buyer and you are getting access to that. Is is this property selling off market or is it just a pre-market inspection that we're getting access to? Okay, so let's have a look at things from a vendor's point of view and and perhaps why uh, a vendor might consider selling off market. One of the main ones that that we regularly see in here is for privacy reasons, and that might be, for instance, for financial circumstances. Someone might be in uh, financial distress and and needing to sell uh, and perhaps don't necessarily want all and sundry knowing about that. Uh, They may be going through a divorce um, and, again, not necessarily wanting the whole world to know that they're needing to go through... uh, financial changes uh, to lifestyles uh, at, that, at that point in time. Another common one which you quite regularly read about in, uh, in the media is a high profile vendor, someone that's got a public persona, uh, whether that be in the sporting or arts um, or entertainment fields, and they don't necessarily want uh, the publicity that comes with that, so they, uh, they look to sell off market. Um, or it could be as simple as something like a neighbourhood dispute, and as the vendor you may be concerned that a neighbour may uh, disrupt a campaign and uh, and make things difficult or impact on your potential in selling price. So selling off market may uh, avoid that. 
Another one is uh, looking for a quick sale. So a vendor may have purchased another property um, and if the, the agent that they've bought through may have buyers um, that are ready to purchase and uh, may be able to make a quick sale that perhaps ties in with the, uh, the purchase that the vendor has made and you may be able to dovetail settlements, that sort of thing, to make it all work nice and smoothly. Um, again, it could be for financial circumstances that a quick sale needs to, to be turned around so that um, financial uh, well, income can be um, brought in to uh, rectify financial circumstances. Um, another why is to piggyback off the sale of, a, of another property. So if a similar property perhaps sells in the surrounding suburb or even street um, and you're using the same agent, there may be an opportunity to bring um, one or more of the unsuccessful buyers from that campaign through the property. And the, the benefit of that is that those buyers are usually very qualified. They've missed out. They're ready to go. They're motivated. Um, and uh, and are probably getting sick of missing out on properties and therefore wanting to uh, to get a result as quickly as possible. Um, one of the other common reasons that we hear is um, to save money. Now, obviously, to save on advertising costs, so not needing to pay um, for photography, for copywriting or floor plans, uh, and obviously not having to pay for uh, website advertising, which makes up a significant uh, component of uh, selling online. <clears throat> And the other is is obviously not having to pay for print advertising as well. Um, and and again, there's no then need to to style a property if you're not going through that full campaign. So potentially, if the property is vacant, not needing to get um, furniture in that sort of thing to uh, to get a result. So another why is um, if a vendor is not fully committed to the sale process. So perhaps they're just wanting to test the market at this point in time. They're not really sure if they do want to sell. So going off market doesn't cost them anything to do that in the fir first um, first circumstance. Um, but perhaps they're also not really sure what the property's worth. And so by testing the market and, and getting some direct feedback, um, that may make their decision easier uh, in that if it if it's higher than was expected, then perhaps you do want to sell. If it's less than what you were perhaps hoping, then maybe you'll just sit it out and, and not necessarily look to sell. Um, but also, they may not be overly committed to sale because they've perhaps been approached by an agent who's promising the world and telling them that they may well, they could sell the property for X dollars when in actual fact, the property is worth X dollars less 10 or 20%. And uh, once the uh, agent can't prove that they, they are able to achieve that result, then the vendor doesn't have to sell and they haven't lost anything by doing that. And probably the, the most common reason for selling off market is um, is a related party sale. So whether it's uh, one party buying out another or whether it's perhaps parents selling to children uh, or perhaps even an, uh, an selling to a neighbor. Um, and I'll get to that uh, a little later on in uh in my story section, but um, yeah, that, that's quite common um, in terms of uh, off-market sales in that there's a, uh, a related party member that's selling. Okay, so when does this quite often happen in terms of off-market sales? When when are you likely to see this? And one of the most common is within the prestige market. Um, and there's a number, a number of reasons that I've obviously previously mentioned. Privacy within that prestige market is quite often a really big thing. So uh, whether it's someone with a... Um, uh, not wanting the, the publicity, whether it's from neighbours or just perhaps from a business perspective, uh, or even if they do have a, um, a profile, they may not necessarily want everyone knowing that they're selling or, or moving. Um, there's quite often in that prestige market too, a limited number of buyers. So going to the market and advertising to all and sundry is not necessarily going to be beneficial. 
for some of the uh, the really prestigious properties um, in capital cities around the country, there may only be two or three buyers at any one time that, that may well be uh, active in that space. And um, if you've got the right agent, then chances are they'll probably know about those two or three buyers and be able to approach them directly. And you don't necessarily need to go down that path um, of getting that, uh, of spending all that money on advertising when the agent actually does know about them already. Uh, and the other one can be that there's a there can be a significant discrepancy or difference in uh, someone or others' assessment of value. So you may well find with an off market that or with a, that prestige market, sorry, that there's uh, someone might think a property's worth ten million dollars and someone else might think it's worth twelve million dollars. Uh, and that discrepancy, you can then focus your attention in the right areas, uh, or the agent can anyway. Um, in terms of when also, it's less common of the off-market sector in a, uh, in a hot market, um, certainly as a percentage of the number of sales um, at any one time. Now, there will be off-markets off the back of really strong results, and we do see that in a hot market. Um, but quite often, vendors want their day in the sun when, it's, when the market's really going well. And when the competition's um, pushing prices to increase, not just monthly, but on a, almost a weekly basis, um, by going to the market and, and testing it, uh, you'll, that's where you'll most likely achieve a premium um, result uh, because there are new buyers hitting the market every week and by selling off market, a lot of agents aren't going to know who those new buyers are that are coming in on a weekly basis. So um, by advertising, you make sure that you're, you're touching base with all those and, and giving everyone an opportunity to purchase the property. And the other when is, um, as I've mentioned uh, a couple of times, after a really strong result. So Agents quite often get uh, approached by vendors after they've achieved a, a very strong sale price, uh, whether that's by in that street or um, neighbouring streets. Vendors will say, well, if you've got underbidders or you've got buyers and you can achieve that same sort of result for me, I'd be more than happy to sell it. Um, so you can get a quick sale and you've also got very motivated buyers um, who've missed out, as we said before, and are ready to go. So that can be a good opportunity um, from a, a vendor's perspective too. So what are some of the risks from a vendor's point of view in terms of selling off market? Well, the main one is, have you really canvassed everyone? And does everyone know about your property? Um, there's a heavy reliance when selling off market um, that an agent has got a really strong market presence and, and got almost a monopoly on that market so that they do know every buyer that's coming. Um, and are they really across all the new buyers that are, uh, that are coming into the market at any particular time? The, the real risk, and is that are you going to be leaving money on the table by selling off market and not not really touching base with every prospective buyer that's out there? And there can be, for certainly select types of properties, uh, an auction can really bring out the emotions and, and, and bring out an emotive result. So by selling off market, are you giving yourself the best chance to, to play on those emotions and, and see if you can get buyers to really push one another to achieve a premium result? The other thing too is that um, we always we talk about from a vendor perspective um, is passive buyers and most agents don't know about them because they'll be sitting back and they'll only come to the market if the right property presents itself um, and they're not actively looking. So they're not scrolling realestate.com every day, but if the right property, if that specific property pops up, we've always wanted to be in that street or we've always liked that house, if it comes up, we would be prepared to buy it. Well you're not going to attract that buyer from an off-market sense. Okay, so let's have a look at things now from a buyer's point of view. Why would a buyer look to um, to buy off-market? Well, 
buyers certainly see it as an opportunity, uh, particularly in a rising market. They uh, they feel as though they've got exclusive access to something that that no one else does, and, that, and it makes them feel special uh, that they uh, they may well be able to take up an opportunity that others don't have. Um, and it, it can be something that that no one else will see, and therefore they may well be able to move a bit quicker or um, that feeling special means that they may pay a bit more um there's certainly they buyers certainly feel as though they've got less competition because it's not the whole market that's going to be out there it's not everyone that knows about the property sometimes you may actually get absolute exclusivity to it and it may only be yourself um but even so it's quite often only a few buyers that will know about it so it's a great opportunity to have in a hot market um, and buyers like it, particularly if they've been unsuccessful on multiple occasions um, in the public domain, that uh, being able to buy off market could give them um, a bit a bit more opportunity. Um, they also quite often see it as, a, as an opportunity to save money because they don't have to compete, but also the... Um, perception that the vendor may be passing on their savings that they have made by not um, advertising to the buyer. Uh, now, vendors have the absolute opposite in that I'll be I'll get the same price, but I won't have spent uh, any money on advertising. So it's chicken and egg sort of stuff. But that's that's the mindset that the buyer would have or does have when they're looking to, to purchase. Um, now, the other, the other reason is that, well, buyers don't actually choose the method of sale. So if a vendor decides to sell off market, then the buyer has to work with that. Uh, and if that's the type of property that they've been searching for, and that's the method of sale that the vendor chooses, then you work with it. So how does it, how does it go about and how do you get access to it if you are a buyer? Well, the key thing to do is to keep very close to the agents in the area, and particularly those that have got a monopoly on the market. Um, so you really need to know who's got a strong market share and make sure that you're keeping regular contact with that agent. Um, ask them directly, uh, what off-market opportunities do you have? What properties have you got coming up that I could potentially look to buy before it hits the market? You need to give them a very clear understanding as to what you're looking for, the type of property that you're after, um, and you need to give them guidance on your budget without obviously giving it away. You don't want to be telling them what your max budget is. Um, you need to give them a range, um, but don't, don't um, spell it out too clearly for them. Um, as a buyer, you need to be ready to buy. Have the right mindset, be prepared, and, and get on with it as soon as the opportunity presents. And you need to be able to move quickly. So that's things like having your finance ready, knowing that you can pay a deposit at the drop of a hat if the right property's there, that you've got your finance approved so that you can make unconditional offers as opposed to conditional subject to finance offers. Um, know that your solicitor or conveyancer is ready to check a contract for you at the drop of a hat. So again, you can move fairly quickly and who your building inspector is going to be so that if you are getting one done, that you can get it done very quickly. Um, whether that's buying a property subject to a building inspection and perhaps getting the uh, inspection done during the cooling off period or, or getting it done prior to your offer so that you can make an unconditional offer and make it as attractive to the vendor as possible. Okay, so when does this typically happen? Well, if you follow the above, in, above instructions, the agents will come to you um, and they will give you opportunities if you are in regular contact with them. Quite often you'll get an opportunity if you miss out on a property um, and if you speak to that agent that, um, that was selling that property afterwards, quite often you will get opportunities off the back of that, particularly if it was a strong sale price. As I said before, um, there'll be other property owners in and around that area that will come to that agent and uh, and suggest that they'd be prepared to sell at a similar price 
Um, now, sometimes those properties are not necessarily the same as what you've just missed out on, but it can certainly be an opportunity to have at least inspect it and see if it's something that you might consider. You might be able to find more money because perhaps you didn't have to do as much. You wouldn't have to do as much of a renovation on this property as you would on the one you've just missed out. Or perhaps you need to say, well, yours isn't as good and that's not really what I'm after. Um, but you do need to remember that keeping on track of that off-market sector, it's a very labor-intensive thing to do. It's not something that you can just do once and then rely on the agents to come back to you every week. You've got to be on the front foot. You've got to drive that and you've got to keep in contact if you want to have those opportunities. So what are the risks from a buyer's perspective? Well, one of the key ones is actually how motivated is this vendor? Um, agents do regularly approach vendors to see if they'd be prepared to sell. And what the vendor actually in most circumstances isn't that keen. But if the agent pitches it that, well, if I could get you this, would you be prepared to sell? And the vendor says, well, at that price I would, but that price is well and truly above market levels. So that comes to the next point of how realistic are the expectations and the price of the, the property that you're being um, presented with. And quite often, off-market properties are um, overpriced in terms of the vendor's expectations or what the agent is telling you. Um, and agents do also use it as a um, opportunity to try and condition vendors who might be sitting a little bit above the market levels, that they'll take it to uh, an off-market, take some qualified buyers through to show a vendor that um, your property is not worth what you think it is and we need to lower expectations. So sometimes you as a buyer can be used um, to, to try and help condition a vendor. The other risk is that you, you do get caught up in the opportunity to buy off market and pay over the odds, uh, and particularly when there's not other competition around to, to sort of dictate where value actually sits um, and you can get caught paying above market levels. A key question to ask, and this is what can um, sometimes get uh, lost, is does an, an agent actually have an authority to sell the property? And therefore, do they have a relationship with the vendor to actually help them to understand? And, and again, comes back to, is the vendor that motivated? Or are you as the buyer getting caught up in a negotiation of a vendor that, that really doesn't want to sell? Um, and have they got a contract ready? That's usually a good sign as to how motivated they are. Is a contract fairly close or is it ready to go? Um, in order to, to make the sale go through fairly quickly. If the contract's ready, then that's usually a pretty good sign that the vendor is actually prepared to sell. Um, the other thing is that it may not necessarily be as transparent a process as you'll find when a property is on market. So you need to make sure you ask the right questions um, and understand how the, uh, the offer process and things is going to play out. Okay, so let's have a look at today's story. So uh, as we've done in the past a couple of times, I'll look at it from both uh, or provide stories from both a vendor and from a buyer's point of view. So a number of years ago, we worked with a, uh, a vendor who was approached by a neighbor who was interested in buying their property. The vendor was certainly interested in selling to that uh, neighbor. However, we suggested that better to uh, let them know that you are happy to sell to them, but they'll just need to do it um, via a public auction and, and uh so that the full public gets the opportunity. The neighbor at that stage said that they weren't interested in going down that path. However, our advice was still, let's carry forward with the uh, with the auction process and make sure that we give every uh, opportunity. So we carried out some minor works to the property, just general upgrades and maintenance, and it was mainly minor cosmetic sorts of things. Um, now, we ended up quoting the, market, the property to the market at around the level that we'd spoken to the, uh, the neighbor about and the levels that they'd expressed um, that they would be interested at the property. Um, 
and we had a really successful campaign. Uh, good, not really good numbers through um, good engagement. And on the day of the auction, we ended up having five bidders, and um, the neighbour was the eventual purchaser. However, they had to fight um, with a number of other bidders, and, and themselves and the underbidder took it up a considerable way. And the property ended up selling for about 20% above what we'd initially quoted to the market and what they'd um, they'd expressed interest at. So it just showed that we, we did need to test the market and need to do it from an advertising perspective and why selling off market from a vendor's point of view is not always the right way to go. Now, from a buyer's point of view, so a number of years ago as well, we were um, presented with an off-market opportunity. It was a uh, this property was a mid-century two-bedroom apartment, um, very well positioned within the block, uh, had a really nice aspect out over the surrounding street, uh, car space as we always want, uh, and a balcony. So, a very nice, well-proportioned two-bedroom apartment. Now, the owner, we were told by the vendor, uh, by the agent, sorry, in this circumstance. Uh, wanted to sell off market and save on marketing costs. They didn't feel like they they wanted to spend them extra money. So the initial price that we were told that they were asking was was fairly strong, but not unreasonable. So it wasn't out of uh, out of the ordinary. So we negotiated in good faith back and forward and, and bought it for what we felt was a fair price without being a bargain. But we certainly felt like we bought it um, at a reasonable at a reasonable price. And about a month later, another apartment in the same building came up for sale. Um, it was the uh, the absolute mirror image on the same level of the property that we just purchased. Now, as you can imagine, I was a little bit nervous after we'd gone through this just to make sure you'd want to make sure that you've done the right thing. And we were very confident in the property, but just to make sure the value was going to hold up. Um, So they went through a full auction campaign with that property, um, had three bidders on the day of the auction. So again, a good campaign. And it ended up selling for just over 10% above what we'd bought the other property for only uh, a month or so earlier. So it was not in a really, really strong market like we're experiencing at the moment. It was fairly balanced at the time, but it certainly showed that we'd um, we'd taken the opportunity off market and bought really well. The client was very, very happy with the price in the end. Um, so it shows you that off market um, properties they certainly have or off market campaigns certainly have a have a place within the uh, the real estate sector, and they can work for buyers and for sellers. I really probably feel that it's a it's a better process from a buyer's point of view than it is from a vendor's point of view. But in certain circumstances, um, it, it can still be advantageous to the vendor from a, a privacy perspective, that sort of thing. So you just need to make sure it's the right process for you um, before you engage on that. So thanks again. That's it for me today. Uh, for uh, That was uh, episode 18 of the uh, Rewarding Property Decisions podcast. Again, as always, please feel free to share the podcast with family, friends, and associates. Uh, We'd like to continue to uh, get as many listens as we possibly can. And if you'd like further information on how to make rewarding property decisions, please visit our website, wakeland.com.au. And we wish you all the best with your property decisions.